Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to a special, of course, Saturday edition, which means it's the NBA edition of the Sports Buffoons. Here, Tanner Dawson take a little break today, so that means I'm going to run this thing. Well, Jason JG is here with me, as always, our NBA experts. How's it going, Jason? It's going great, man. I'm out here in Branson getting drunk, so it's a great time. Branson. Yeah, yeah, man. It's awesome. I'm sitting in my car. I got, <laughs> I got... Don't worry, guys. It's it's non-alcoholic, so uh, we're, we're all good here around here. We both got a little uh, Guinness. Is that right, Jason? Yep. I got the, uh, got the Guinness. I'm getting hammered. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. All right, man. Well, dude, so we're finally at a point right now where it feels like some NBA news is starting to pop off. And I don't know if it's because we're bored with the NFL right now or what, because we finally have things going on around the league. Kevin Durant has an injury right now we're going to talk about later. Um, the West is up for grabs. And Fred Van Vliet had some interesting words. So uh, we're going to kick it off with that. So um, first and foremost, with Fred Van Vliet, um, what are your initial reactions to some things you had to say about the referee and officiating in, in the recent games, I should say? So my initial reaction about Fred Van Vliet is about the initial reaction, and that is um, just how how pathetic people are on the fact that they just want to complain. You know, if, if like an NBA player or, you know, like we had this similar discussion about the NFL referees it's like if you're a player it's it's like you're not allowed to express your thoughts about the referees and um you know the initial reaction that the media had and a lot of people out there in the media was that you know fred van vliet should just keep his mouth shut you know well what do we always say shut up and dribble you know these guys are paid to play and so we just not me personally, but everybody wants them to just shut up and dribble. And I've just, I've pretty much had it with the mainstream media on this topic because um, I, I'm happy with what Fred Van Vliet said. I think that he was very respectful. He actually pointed out that there are a lot of good referees in the NBA and a lot of those guys do a good job. Uh, but he also was quick to point out the ones that are not doing a good job. And he had some choice words uh, for those bad referees. And he had a few F-bombs. And, you know, he basically said it was, you know, it was bullshit. So, and I, I wish that players in the NBA and the NFL would do this more often uh, because I think that the public needs to be desensitized to this sort of thing. Um, because it, it's, they act like it's a big deal, but I think if you, if players would speak out a little bit more and not really care about getting fined, I think that the public would be become desensitized to it a little bit more. Um, but as far as Van Vliet, I, I think he was very respectful to the good referees. And, um, he just basically said that in, in that game, I think it was against the, uh, the Clippers, that was the Wednesday game when he played against the Clippers. And I think he mentioned the game prior to that against Denver. Uh, he basically said it was bullshit. 
And I, I agree with him, you know, and I, I hope that players, you know, it's a little bit more difficult in the NFL because uh, NFL players in general, they're more replaceable than players in the NBA. Now, Fred Van Vliet, he's got the accolades to back it up. So he was a 2022 All-Star and he's already got an NBA championship that he won with Kawhi back in 2019. So when, when a guy like Fred Van Vliet says some choice words like that, I mean, not only does it hold more weight, but a guy that has accolades like Van Vliet, uh, he can get away with that more so than a guy that's sitting at the end of the bench. Um, so he was fined $30,000 and actually I had to look up his salary. So Fred Van Vliet, his salary is $260,000 per game guys per game, not per year. He makes 260 grand per game. So that's why a lot of people were pissed off because they're like, my gosh, 30 grand. That's like a drop in the bucket for him. But, you know, I was happy with it. And um, a lot of people out there, they wanted him to be fine a lot more, but you know, that's, that's, that's unfortunate that, that people are just quick to bag on these guys. And it's, it's all just a bunch of haters. I mean, Fred Van Vliet, I think did the right thing. And I personally, I hope he doesn't even have to pay that 30 grand. I hope that the Toronto Raptors will buck up and pay that fine for him because he doesn't deserve it. And I was happy anytime a player will call out a referee. I don't care how many F-bombs they threw out there. Um, I think they deserve it, man, because the referees, as we all know, make mistakes. And so when a player makes a mistake, everybody likes to bag on the players. But it's like when a referee makes a mistake, oh, you got to keep your mouth shut. Well, that's just, that's ridiculous. It's stupid. And I mean, to tell you, like, everybody, we need, I need to hear this more. And I think in the NFL, it's got to be, you know, it would have to be a quarterback type thing because the NFL doesn't put up with that stuff. But I think it, it would have to be a situation where a quarterback would have to step up and, and be the one to take the fine because they take, you know, they make the most money. Uh, but yeah, overall, totally happy with uh, with our old Wichita State guy, Fred Van Fleet. And I'm just happy in general that I think the NBA, as we all know, there's more player empowerment and uh, there's there, there's not as much punishment, you know, for things like this, like you would see in NFL. Yeah. So, Jason, one of my thoughts about this is, you know, this, this is obviously a, a problem across all sports, I would say at this point. Um, but at what point do you think we'll find in sports where we can actually hold referees accountable for their mistakes? Because, you know, sports have been around for ever at this point and we've still never found a, a system to where you know the mistakes that are made and you know i was thinking about this last night for some reason the old uh, chiefs titans playoff game which was one of the worst officiated games in the history that i can recall um in that game Derek johnson had a sack in that game it was an immediate fumble recovered by the chiefs that was blown dead on that play and the titans got to re retain the ball and that referee retired directly after that game um but you know in a game like that where you're making horrible calls similar to what Fred Van Vliet's talking about, at what point does, does officiating become held accountable because players are held accountable? I mean, do you think, do you think that we're ever going to get to that point? 
I that's a great question, Mike. I, I don't know if we'll ever get to that point, but it's like I said, I think the NBA will come first. Um, and I, I think that's the only solution is we need to see more players do exactly what Fred Van Vliet did. Now, you're never going to see it during the playoffs because, you know, those guys don't want to put their teams at risk. You know, if this was the playoffs, Van Vliet would have just kept his mouth shut because he wouldn't want to get suspended. But I think we need to see this more in the regular season. And I think all the haters out there that happen, you know, they don't want to see player empowerment or they don't want to see players complain. Um, I think, like I said earlier, we just, we need as the public, as fans, we need to become more desensitized to this sort of thing. And the only way that's going to happen is if more and more players step up like Fred Van Vliet did. So, like I said, that that's the only way you're going to see a change is if, you know, players get up on the podium like that. And again, be respectful, which I thought Van Vliet was very respectful to the refs that do a good job. But at the same time, yeah, throw a couple F-bombs out there because a lot of times that's the only way that you can send a message. That's the only way you can get the message across, unfortunately, because a lot of people out there think that, oh, we just need to be more diplomatic. Well, we've been diplomatic for decades, and that hasn't caused any change to the situation. And so that's what I want to see. I mean, unfortunately, we, we need more F-bombs from players behind the podium. And that that is a way to kind of ruffle the league's feathers and just kind of wake people up to the situation. Say, hey, as as fans, as players, we're not going to put up with this shit anymore. We're, we're not going to put up with piss poor officiating. And so that's 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 what we need to see. We just need to see. And it's not it's not as much. I don't want to see like complainers, you know, like it kind of bothers me when you see guys in the middle of the games just kind of being whiny and stuff. I don't want to see more of that. I want to see more of what Van Vliet did behind mm -hmm. the podium. So don't don't complain as much during the game. But if you can do stuff like that behind the podium, that's going to wake people up. And the more players that can do it, the better. Yeah, I agree, man. I think that having guys that are major pieces of the sport help as well, getting out there and, and voicing their opinion on the situation because – I mean, obviously, those guys hold a lot of weight. Their opinions hold a lot of weight, and I think they can make the biggest impact on the future of the sport. And I hope at some point we can find a way to uh, improve officiating across the board, and that goes for all sports. I'll put it that way. And again, what? And again, where it starts is with the star players. It's got to be the stars and the superstars. So, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet is a is a star in the NBA. And those are kind of the only guys that can get away with it. So I think that that's where it starts. Yeah, very nice, man. Um, well, switching subjects real quick. So I'm sure you've heard some news about Kevin Durant by this point over at the Suns. Uh, things were looking really good, man, uh, for a few, a few games anyway. Uh, they, were, they were going smooth, and uh, the Suns had been undefeated with Kevin Durant. Uh, they're running the show and helping them get over some humps and including beating the D Dallas Mavericks in a game against Luca, which was a, you know, a big hurdle to get over. I felt like for the Suns. I mean, that's kind of been public enemy number one, if you're a Suns fan for a while. And um, 
now here we here we are Luke or just you know four games in and Kevin Durant has uh, an injury pregame that's going to hold him out for at least a month probably much longer than that going into the playoffs possibly um and you know I'm a big Suns fan but I want to hear your thoughts first on uh what this means for the Suns and um if there's any chance of them uh you know getting getting to the big show and then is is Kevin Durant even going to be healthy enough to matter so I'll I'll give you a hot take on this because uh first of all KD is going to be reevaluated in 2 weeks with that ankle sprain. Uh it's not it's not very serious. I personally think they'll play it safe and keep him out for a month. Um but my take on this is that you know Kevin Durant is a champion and he knows that these games don't matter. And so I think it's uh, completely possible that he got, he just kind of did this whole thing on purpose. I think it's a sham. I don't think he twisted that ankle very badly. I think he wanted an excuse just to uh, get himself some more rest. Um, because I think like we all, we all know that the regular season is not as important as the, the playoffs, but I, I just think that, when you're a guy like Durant at his age, you want to be as fresh as possible for when the playoffs start. And so I, I don't think it's out of the question that he just kind of turned that ankle on purpose, whether he was just being lazy during the warmups or I don't know what. I mean, I watched the replay over and over again, and it did not look like there was like a slick spot on the floor or anything like that. It it, it just it looked very bizarre to me. So I think it's possible he did it on purpose just so he doesn't have to play um, for the next few weeks. And a lot of people are, as they usually do, overreacting. Um, I think I read an article where they said, oh, this is this is bad for the Suns because he just he needs more time to get integrated into the off offense. Um, like, seriously, dude, give me a break. He all all it all he did was he played three games. Uh, he went 3-0. and One of those games, as you said, Mike, was against the Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks were in the Western Conference Finals that year, or last year. So if they've already proven that they can beat the Mavs, who, who are a contender, in my opinion, this year, now that they've got Kyrie, do we really think that Kevin Durant needs more time to become integrated into, into the offense? So for me, like... That's that's just ridiculous. Like he needs zero time to become integrated. He can do that shit in the first round. So these games don't matter. Suns are the number four seed right now by three games. So they're three games ahead of the five seed. And so I have zero percent concern about the Durant injury. He's going to be fine. In fact, I think this is going to help him and it's going to help the team just for him to be as fresh as possible as they go into the playoffs. Um, and they, even their last game, uh, I think it was the, the last game that the Suns played before Kevin Durant got there, that was against the Bucks. Now they lost that game by three and it was in Milwaukee. Giannis did not play in that game. But I mean, you you mean to tell me that if you throw Giannis on the floor in that game and you throw Kevin Durant 
on the floor. Guys, the Bucks. a lot of people think the Bucks are the favorites right now to win the championship. So, and I know it was just a regular season game, but the Suns only lost that game by three. So, you, if you throw Giannis on the floor in that game, you throw KD on the floor in that game, to me, that's a coin toss. And so, I, I still think, you know, the Suns, they're probably the favorite. We'll go over the odds um, a little bit later in the show, but... To me, the, the Suns or the Warriors should be the favorite. But, I mean, guys, this injury means absolutely nothing. So let's just try to not overreact here. Yeah, I mean, that's good to hear because, I mean, obviously when the news originally came out, I thought it was going to be pretty mild anyway. I mean, a pregame injury, I mean, how often do these things happen anyway? And, yeah, the Suns were 3-0 and with Kevin Durant on the court, and they would not have been 3-0. and without him on the court. And we've been seeing guys out there running around for the Suns that I've never even heard of. I mean, they got a former uh, Buffalo Bills player over there, Ish Wainwright from Kansas City, Missouri, uh, out there hitting threes. He hit four threes a few games ago, and it was amazing. And I'm just like, who the hell is this guy? And uh, it, it's, it's an interesting-looking team right now because of the, the, the departure of Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder and, you know, everything that went on with that trade. It's just a different team, and, I mean, obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, Devin Booker has looked absolutely incredible lately. Um, but it is, it's a little worrisome to me just because, you know, I want to make sure that they're primed heading into the playoffs as a Suns fan. And um, do I think that KD needs time with the team necessarily? Not really. Um, I think that we saw within three games that they all were doing just fine gelling together. And it, it truly was the Devin Booker and KD show um, all the way through. Now, I mean, they're going to need some other guys to step up, but maybe they can find that while KD is on the bench uh, with his injury for a while um, and, and find some other guys who's going to step up and, you know, fill the void. And maybe that can be a reliable sixth man down the stretch of the season that they can figure out. Um, that's at least what I'm hoping on my end of things. Um but, you know, otherwise, it's good to hear your input on that because, um, you know, KD is going to be the only reason the Suns have a chance in the playoffs. So uh, they're going to need him to be 100% once things get rolling. But, you know, as you talked about, the regular season does not matter in the NBA. All that matters is the playoffs, and KD is fully aware of that. And uh, maybe he's just wanting some extra time. Maybe he's wanting to, to rest up some more and um, get himself prepared for the things that matter because I guarantee he's not going to have a – pre-game injury when it comes time to face Steph Curry in the playoffs. Uh, that's just not going to happen. That's not the way things work. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're going to be okay, but uh, I'm a little nervous about it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, so I, I'm with you on uh, getting some other guys valuable minutes. And uh, you and I have talked about this before. Campaign is the guy that I want to see get more minutes during this time now that KD is going to be out for a while. Uh, because that they just need to get him integrated more into the offense. I mean, he's the guy that needs more minutes. He's the guy that needs more experience. Um, so I hope they can get him some more minutes um, while KD's out. And um, again, that to me, it's all about mileage. When you got a guy at Kevin Durant's age, you want as few mileage, uh, as little mileage as you can get on those legs during the regular season as possible. So I, I think it's definitely going to help the Suns. All right. Well, um, similar topic, but switching over to a broader spectrum here. 
Um, so the West, uh, right now, like I said, it's up for grabs. I mean, there's a lot of teams in contention to win this thing. And I'm sure you have some information for us on some of the current odds. Um, I mean, at this point, the Suns are not going to win the West, obviously. Uh, that, that's that's out of the picture at this point, I would say. Um, but that's not what matters. I mean, what matters is what happens once you get to the show. Um, so what do you currently have in mind regarding uh, the potential suitor victory of the West? Who's going to be the one dominating going forward? So the current odds right now, it's Denver at plus 250. The Suns are plus 300. Warriors are plus 500. And then you've got Memphis and the Clippers at plus 650. Not really sure why Dallas is not at least those odds are better because they were in the conference finals last year and now they've got Kyrie Irving. So I would I would kind of put Dallas in the mix with Memphis and the Clippers. Um, but they're just there's a lot of question marks for all of these teams. I mean, you know, you start we'll start from the bottom. I uh, talked about the Dallas Mavericks. How is Kyrie going to fit in with Luka? Um, I, I think those two are going to, you know, gel. I think they'll gel just fine. But it's like every single one of these teams has question marks. So you go over to the Clippers. Um, is Westbrook going to help that team or is he going to bring them down? You look at Memphis. What's going to happen with Ja Morant? Is he even going to be playing anytime soon? You look at the Warriors. Where the hell is Andrew Wiggins? He's got... He's away with personal issues. So that could be anything, man. And I'm telling you right now, like with it's it's, a, it's the same thing with Memphis as with the Warriors. Like if if John Morant doesn't come back, Memphis is done. If Wiggins doesn't come back, Golden State is done. I don't care about Steph and Clay and the rest of those guys. Wiggins is the guy that always guards the other team's best player. So if they're not playing any defense, you know, and Wiggins is not on that team, Warriors are not going to do shit either. Um, then we we already talked about the Suns, so they've got question marks now. You know, we're assuming that Durant's going to be fine, but you just never really know with these things. And then think about Denver, even though they're the favorite right now, I think the biggest question mark with them is like they've never really done anything before. Nikola Jokic is kind of like the Peyton Manning of the NBA. Yeah. He's a great elite uh, regular season player. One of the best we've ever seen, but do you really trust that guy to do shit during the playoffs? I personally don't. So it's like all these teams have just so many question marks. Uh, but I, I just think that it, the, the team for me, the whole time has been the Warriors. Uh, as long as Wiggins, comes back i think they will ultimately win the west uh but it's going to be a toss-up i think between them and the suns and again i just uh i think i think memphis is a great great team but if you're if you're going to place a bet right now you can't place a bet on memphis to win the west i guess you could place one on denver but i just don't trust them in the playoffs so if I'm putting my money, if I'm putting my money down right now, it's either on the Warriors or the Suns. See, we had a commenter recently, I think it was two weeks ago, who seemed to be all in on Sacramento. And for some reason, he seemed to think that that's the team to beat in the West. I mean, is there any shot of that happening? I mean, 
I, I can't write it off at this point because we just gave you the list of all these teams that are the quote unquote favorites and they all have so many issues right now. Um, you know, you just never know. I, I would say if, if KD is healthy and if Wiggins comes back, I mean, I don't see Sacramento or any of these other teams doing anything in the playoffs. Um, you know, we talked about Sacramento last week. They have an elite coach and they've got, um, you know, De'Aaron Fox and they've got some good players, but they don't have any, they don't have any great players. And when you're trying to win a championship or win the conference, you got to have great players. And um, Sacramento is just a really, really good team. Um, and we've seen that, you know, it's very rare throughout NBA history, but we've seen teams like the 2004 Detroit Pistons where, you know, they don't have any superstars, but they are the best team win a championship. And that, that does happen, but it's rare. And with the Pistons back then, they, they at least had a ton of playoff experience. And right now the, the Kings just don't have that. And so I think, yeah, they, I mean, they could certainly get out of the first round. I could definitely see that happening, but I don't see them as a legitimate contender. Yeah, I mean, personally to me, I look at the situation and I'm just, you know, Steph Curry is back and healthy and at a good time too. I mean, this is a good time to get back with the team and, you know, be, you know, get back to full force of what they're capable of. And uh, truthfully to me, I mean, they're, they're the team to beat in my opinion, um, just because of the fact that you know what they're capable of doing at any given moment. So for me, um, that's the one I'm worried about the most. And you kind of hit on it for a minute. You see our comment on the screen there, uh, Whiskey Sports Broad Podcast. Tanner was asking about uh, Luca and Irving actually make a splash as we get closer to the playoffs. Seems to be dealing with injuries and not enough depth on the team. Um, do, you, do you see that being potentially an issue there for the Mavericks? Uh, the injuries are not a concern at all, uh, at least for Luca. That thigh injury was nothing. I think it was probably just a bruise. He had an MRI and it came back negative. So I think that's just like uh, he just got banged up a little bit. That's not a serious injury. Um, in terms of depth, that's, that's certainly going to hurt them on uh, the defensive side of the floor. But they're always going to put up points. When you got Luca and Kyrie Irving, you're always going to be able to outscore anybody. And so they're always going to be a threat. Um, the depth would be a concern for me if they reached the conference finals. But Dallas is another team. I mean, nobody's going to want to play against them in the playoffs. And so, yeah, I mean, if they if they make it to the conference finals again, um, they're they're going to have some issues with that depth and just the fact that, Kyrie Irving and Luca are both just god awful defenders, and you know a lot of teams like the Warriors. I think the Warriors are like 18th in total defense right now. Which people look at that and say, "Well, that's that's pretty bad." Well, the Warriors are a team that can turn it on. They've proven that over time. Doesn't matter how good a defense they play in the regular season, they know how to flip that switch and play great defense in the postseason. Whereas a team like Dallas, that that's not going to happen, dude. Uh, Luca and Kyrie, they are what they are, which is shitty defenders. There's no switch that they're going to be able to flip. But 
again, there's going to be games where they can just outscore people at will. And that's why I see them as a contender to at least make the conference finals again. So, Jason, before we get out of here, I got one more question. So as we get closer to the playoffs over the next month or so, um, what should we be keeping an eye on? What's going to be the the tell of, you know, what's going to become a dominant team down the stretch? Because we see we talk about a lot of times in the NFL about getting hot at the right time. And uh, what should we, we be watching for uh, when it comes to the, the playoff season uh, in the NBA? Well, I think I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but uh, I'm I'm a guy that I always value defense the most. And we've talked about it before, how all of the elite defensive teams are in the Eastern Conference. And so I think when you see those teams play each other, like the Sixers and Boston and Milwaukee, those regular season games, if everybody's playing, like if nobody's resting, those regular season games mean a little bit more to me than they do out in the Western conferences because in the West, there's just a lot of bad defensive teams. So the most interesting thing for me to watch going forward is, you know, who is the true favorite in the Eastern conference? Because I've said it's Boston from the very beginning. Um, but now that Middleton is starting to ramp up, and he's starting to look like the old Chris Middleton. Dude, That all of those guys play defense. Those are all elite two-way players. Drew Holiday, Giannis, Chris Middleton. And so I think if those guys are 100%, I think you're, you're getting to the point now where you could consider Milwaukee, maybe not as a favorite, but I'm kind of looking at them as being equal with the Boston Celtics. And so I think that, when you compare that to the Western Conference, where I don't think seeding is going to really mean anything in the West, I think the the, the way that the seeding ends in the Eastern Conference is very, very important because those elite defensive teams, you know, that home court advantage is actually going to matter out in the Eastern Conference, whereas it's not going to matter as much in the West. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm looking forward to is who's going to end up with that number one overall seed. Is it going to be Boston or is it going to be Milwaukee? And don't don't count out the Sixers just yet because they are a contender for the Eastern Conference because they they play elite defense as well. And they've got uh, a guy who I think should be, if not the front runner, he should be very close to the front runner for MVP. That's Joel Embiid. Uh, a lot of great two-way players on that team as well. I think their their weakness is probably that James Harden is a pretty shitty defender. But uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to in the East. Whereas in the West, you know, these regular season games don't really matter as much. But yeah, let's see who ends up with the number one overall seed in the East. Yeah, it seems like the East has better defensive teams when you look at it across the board. The top teams are currently. Cleveland, Miami, and of course Milwaukee and uh, Boston. Uh, so I mean, those all those teams have amazing defenses, and uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that how that plays out. How who ends up, you know, taking it over at some point as we go down the stretch in the playoffs. So uh, uh, I, I got a feeling I'm, I'm putting my money right now on Milwaukee uh, just because we know they know how to get there. They know how to you know steal a show, and Giannis is a, just a, still a, a monster. So. 
Uh, if I had to pick one right now, that's who I'd go with to represent the East. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, you know, a lot of people throw out the revenge factor for Boston, and they're really trying to uh, go on that revenge tour and try to get back to the finals. But got to remember, they didn't even have to go up against Milwaukee last year. So they kind of had an easier road than they should have to make it to the finals last year. And I think uh could be a, certainly be a reckoning this year, because again, like you said, Mike, Milwaukee's got the experience. They've been there and done that. And so, you know, that's, I'm definitely root. I want to see Milwaukee get back there. Um, I'm just, I'm a little bit bigger fan of the Bucks than I am the Celtics, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for hanging out for a bit, man. Uh, it's been a it's been a good NBA show for us. So a little different for me, I guess. Uh, I'm not typically the NBA guy, but filling in for Tanner Dawson for a bit today. Um, but it's good to hear some insight and updates on the NBA, of course. We don't talk about it enough on the show because we need to get back to that on the Wednesday night show. Uh, but, of course, we have tons of uh, NFL draft news on the way. So that's what our primary focus is at the moment since we'll be there live in Kansas City. Uh, Jason, uh, any final words before we get out of here, man? Yeah, Mike, I, I appreciate you doing In the Hoop today. It was a great show, and I hope that you can do this at least twice per year, and maybe if we'll think about increasing your salary if you can do that. That's a good idea, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, if the Suns can get get it together, maybe Kate and can come back to the playoffs and all that, then I'll definitely be back on here without a doubt and uh, talking some more NBA. But otherwise, man, there's just so much going on. I don't know if I can – come back more than twice a year <laughs> all right man well i will see y'all on the next one all right guys outro